and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free re- recaps, yeah, reviews, right. and recommendations of whatever we've read. Well done. <laughs> Amy, what did we read this week? We read Atomic City Girls by Janet Beard. Or Baird, I'm not sure. I want to that's say how it's spelled. It feels like it should be said Baird, but it's spelled mm. like the man has a beard. So right. that's what we read. Cool. And you're going to have a hot crack at the spoiler-free recrap. Recrap. <laughs> Are you, like, foreshadowing <laughs> where was, I might go? That was a genuine was a Freudian, Freudian moment. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like there's nowhere for me to go I, from there. I, I, I just I, have to own it and apologize for my built-in prejudice. I'm filled with confidence as I go into I'm a spoiler-free recap of a book that's potentially best described as a historical drama yeah. with moments of romance. So Yeah, it's not a romance novel. No. It's and it has slight moments of coming of age, but mm. so Atomic City Girls follows four different characters. It's set in the 1940s in 1944 in this genuine place in Tennessee called Oak Ridge. It yep. was basically it was this big sort of like farmland and then during the Second World War the government bought everyone's all the locals' farms and yep. built this top secret facility on it where what they're doing is they are enriching the uranium that's then going to go over to where they're working on the Manhattan Project and the atomic bomb. But none of the – there's top secret. No yeah, one really no one knows, knows what's what happening. Yeah. And the four characters in this story are June. June is very young. She's basically a schoolgirl and she goes to work as – she's not initially entirely sure what it is, but basically she operates this magnetic machine and she just has to adjust dials to make sure they all say a particular number and that's yeah. how they're trained. So she goes off to work. Her roommate, Cece, Cece comes from a very poor farming family mm-hmm. like June, but Cece completely hides it. So when June meets her, Cece sounds like she's a rich Tennessee society girl yeah, who just is helping out in the war effort by doing her bit. Oak yeah. Ridge. Then there is Sam. Sam is a physicist. He knows what is happening at Oak Ridge and he is working on the physicist stuff <laughs> in the lab. <laughs> Well, he has to keep it secret. He's, Thank goodness. He's from New York. He's been working in Berkeley and he gets this sort well, of sidewards job. It's it, it's a job. He gets conscripted to sort of go yeah, there. Yeah, everyone got kind of shoulder tabbed. Like, realistically, yeah. His family are, he's Jewish and he has a lot of family in Germany. Mm. And that becomes a sort of bit of a thread yeah. of his story. The fourth character is Joe. Joe is from Alabama and he is working on the construction team building Oak Ridge because it's yeah. it's just expanding and expanding. There's never any enough accommodation for the amount of people who are working there doing these jobs to contribute towards they're not sure what. And then they... the rest of it, it's just kind of slice of life It is inside that really. So you follow these four characters and – at some point, they all sort of cross paths. So mm-hmm. June and Sam meet and their stories connect. And then through the connection of June and Sam's story, they meet Joe. Joe's working there. Joe's in sort of like the hierarchy of people at Oak Ridge. Joe's at the bottom. Absolutely. Sam's at the top because yeah. he's a scientist and the girls are... <laughs> 
just, you know, you don't need to know anything. Yeah. Don't tell the girls. And Cece and June spend time together. But Cece's goal is to get a really rich marriage and never, ever end up back in the poverty she grew up in. Yeah. And there's... You, the, the book sort of takes you from that beginning, what is Oak Ridge, when it sort of opens to the end of the war, when people realise, and I don't think this is a spoiler because we as an audience know what they're doing. Absolutely. It's called Atomic <laughs> City, City Girls. And it's set in the Second World War at the end when it becomes clear. Yes, what that, they were doing the whole time. Yeah, the atomic bomb was dropped on Japan and there's a bit of that sort of like moral, ethical question. Which I would be, I suppose, historically, I've never really researched that side of it, how quickly that, maybe backlash is the wrong word, but how quickly that, was this the right thing, this seems actually horrific. Because I know that there were images out of Hiroshima quite quickly. Yeah, but I don't know whether, like, I haven't researched it either because a lot of the that sort of topical stuff we hear is very post. It's not yeah, primary ex- source, yeah, it's secondary exactly right. source. And so I wonder, because they do make it, a, it is kind of a theme then at the end of the book that quite directly after the war they're all sort of a bit shook by yeah. what they had been doing. And, yeah, so I sort of, when I read it, I sort of was wondering whether that was historically accurate or... It, like, Sam is... It, it was narratively appropriate, yeah. I felt like, yeah. Sam sort of deals with like the beginning he's like this is amazing i've got the best job in the world but Mm. his sort of narrative arc is those continuing doubts and when he gets to that point of knowing what happened how that impacts his emotional state cc keeps trying to set june up with guys yeah joe is married and he's got a bunch of kids joe's african-american so there's a lot of looking at Oak Ridge from his perspective and seeing the segregation that was happening yeah. at that point in time. And he's a friend. He takes this younger guy, Ralph, under his wing and they both go to work at Oak Ridge together. And Ralph is much younger and gets involved in sort of the beginnings of what we can see as an audience who are the civil liberties yeah. movement, the civil rights movement. So he's involved in a sort of trying to get equal, like, housing conditions and living conditions for the African-American workers in Oak Ridge. I'm not going to say anything more because that's the whole story if I keep telling you. So, Kimberly, was that okay? That was Was, great. That was not a recap. recap. That was... It was a spoiler-free re-magnificent. It was. (laughs) It's not really an opposite of a re-crap, is it? No, there's not, except you just did a great job. Thank you. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you. It was really good, actually, yeah. So this was a book that, in the true style of me, you recommended to me or said you should read this book like two years ago. Yeah, I read this book easily two, maybe more years ago now. And then mum gave it to me for Christmas, so I had the hard copy and I've been like, ooh, I don't know if I'm in the mood to read what feels like it might be heavy history. But it wasn't because it's it's fiction set in a non-fiction context. Absolutely. And the other thing that I liked about it in that sense, in the kind of making it digestible in that way, is that it is it really is about individual stories. So it was individual people and it was their emotional journeys, which I felt were pretty real. And even though they were set in the backdrop of, you know, these really big kind of movements and these big moments Mm. in modern history, it still felt 
really grounded and these and I thought the fictional characters were I mean they're all fictional but I felt like the characters were given the appropriate amount of kind of fleshing out and they felt like full real characters to me and I cared about I did care about what happened to them I listened to the audiobook yeah I started that and you were yeah. taken aback by the accents. I had to play it on double speed because she talks so slow. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I guess as a single I always performer, play them on trying to switch between multiple yeah. accents. It's you oh, I always play them on at least one point two five. Yeah, I was on like one point seven five. Yeah, that's fair. It was a like I said though. It was my I did the audiobook probably two years ago. Yeah. So I but I quite enjoyed the audiobook and I just thought it was good. Like it was, it's not the kind of book that I. That's that will blow you away. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it necessarily did anything in this kind of spectacular, different kind of way. Mm, I love before. Yeah, I did really enjoy the slice of life in the city, like that kind of in Atomic City, uh, Oak Ridge. But you know what I mean? They call it yeah. Atomic City. That this kind of like. You know, like those communities that popped up to do a very specific job. It's almost like Stepford Wives or even like a little bit of like Don't Worry Darling without the kind of glossiness, that idea that we're all working towards something and we don't know what we're doing and it's top secret. But just but, trust us. But just trust us. But inside that, inside of this big mechanism, there's still like on uh, you know, of an evening you can get dressed up nicely and get on the little buses and go to, like, the things they've set up to yeah. entertain you. And it's not in the audiobook but in the hard copy, well, or the e-copy, the printed, not listening book, They mm-hmm. at the end she has written a playlist, like you could make a playlist uh, for, so there's one all the for songs the they... different refectories because cool. obviously they were segregated and what would be playing at you know, Sam's friend Charlie and Anne's house, who he yeah. house shares with, what would probably be playing in June and Cece's room in terms of the pop music of the day. And I thought that was quite interesting. And then That's there's fun. a bit of a, a section about um, the research she that did. she originally yeah. read and why she was interested in telling that story. Yeah. And that's the type of thing that I, I really enjoy in books that are based on historical periods. Yeah. No, I thought it was well-researched. I thought it felt very real and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I think I would recommend it for sure. I mean, I recommended it to you. And I found it very satisfying and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't really have any complaints. It just probably – it's a little bit left of field of what I normally read, I would Mm. say. And it is quite serious. And so – yeah, it's probably, I would say, for, oh, actually, we don't have to, do we do, we don't do Trash and Treasure till the end. At the end. Ignore me. I, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. Okay. The end. What do you think? I found it a bit hard to get into. I would I agree with that. I don't know whether it was because I started reading the audiobook or not. It was a really interesting topic, mm. but I found the narrative a bit meandering and I wanted it to have a sort of central core so I could actually have dispensed with Cece. I understand what yeah. she, like, because instead of her being a supporting character of June, you actually follow her separate narrative at times. And it's, uh, you know, well, this is the theme in a whole bunch of the reviews we've done of late is don't have such a massive cast. I didn't <laughs> feel like this cast focus. was as big, though. Like, I get what you mean. I think I just was ready for it to meander. Like, I yeah. just. And sometimes I love a meander. Yeah. Book and this, but this is. I, I just, I think I was just really interested in all the different kinds yeah. of lives that were being lived simultaneously it, inside this kind of mega world event. I think that's why I wanted all of the different kinds of lives. It did a really, in, like, it definitely did that showing, like, it took you inside 
the live. So if it was like a film, it would have been a sort of almost observational documentary. Yeah. And there isn't like nothing is neatly tied up at the end. There's no. actually an epilogue that tells you like these people might have been real characters that you were following what happens. There are a couple of plot points later on that like particularly with June and Sam that frustrated me and I was like that actually doesn't make sense in terms of character motivation like Sam blurts out some key information later on in the novel that his justification for doing so isn't doesn't make sense no it doesn't make sense and I think that's the case also of going just really enjoying being deep in this location and this moment in history and you wanted to explore that and then you're like oh I also need my characters to have a bit of a plot yeah, so I would have liked more, like, what is the central tension? Yeah. Because there's, like, this big sequence where Sam is, he goes, there's always lines. Most of my experience at Oak Ridge is waiting in a line. You mm-hmm. wait in a line to do this, you wait in a line for everything. He's waiting yes. in a line and, and he, this guy offers him moonshine. Yeah. And then it went on for five minutes of the audiobook about his memory of the first time he was offered moonshine, yet the fact that he always has a bottle of whiskey in his pocket does link to his character throughout it. But I sort of was like, okay, I get the point. I get the point. I don't need <laughs> I get you to the keep point. telling me about Just this. say you got offered it and then let's progress forward. Yeah. I found June, oh, she was sort of meant to be like the wide-eyed she was so young. She was oh she was gosh. too young. She was too young. I had to She keep, was 18. I had, yeah. No, I think she was younger. She was younger at the very beginning, but then oh, it was two, by the end, two yeah, years later. True, true, true. And she has her like ingenue and then being really switched on didn't balance well all the time. Yeah. Like sometimes she was like, huh? What? And then she was like, oh, yeah, I totally knew that. And you're like, well, pick one, June. <laughs> <laughs> or at least journey between them a little bit more. Smoothly. So I think that I – so I've read a lot of books about the Second World War that have a whole big cast of characters sure. that are actually nonfiction. So, you know, it was people probably have heard of it because it was a movie that came out a few years ago with Colin Firth, but Operation Mincemeat is yeah. a nonfiction book written by a guy called Ben McIntyre. But it's written like a thriller. And it'll have this chapter introduces this character and this character and this character, but it's really clear that they're all working towards this one clear goal. Mm. And I actually think I would have preferred this to have been nonfiction and picked a couple of people who were were real-life people and then they're working towards this goal and almost written in like with the knowledge of someone writing now. Yeah, sure. But this was very much about, like, at the time, trying to get you to feel what people might have wondered or questioned or thought at the time. I thought the Joe narrative, that was the most interesting for me. I thought that was the most compelling too, yeah. Because, you know, his narrative actually got to explore, like, injustice and within they might all be working to fight the same war. Yeah. But. Yeah. And also the difficulty and pressure of going, fighting the fight that he needed to fight he couldn't do that the same way that other people were necessarily going to because he did have a wife and kids at home. And And he's in his mid-40s and Ralph's 19. Yes, and, yeah, there was that kind of generational, I I can see the injustice, but I've got so much to – I know that I am kind of owed so much more, but I have still have so much to lose, whereas at 19 Ralph was much more like, viva la revolution. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. There were some really interesting supporting characters. So Charlie and Anne I thought were really interesting. Sam's, Mm. like, professor friend and his wife. Yeah. Joe wasn't allowed to bring his wife. But 
Ralph gets involved with a young lady called Shirley, who's a very strong activist character. Yeah. And given that the title is Atomic City Girls, it was 50% because it was Cece and June, and then Sam and Joe, it would potentially, I could have foregone Cece, or even actually, to be honest, Sam or June, and had Shirley in one yeah. of their places. Yeah, sure. Because she had more central tension in there. Yeah. So I think it's interesting as I think that you will learn a bit about a piece of history and time you might not have known about. That's how I felt. But I agree. The the I guess the main problem is it lacks. It just meanders. It, it meanders. And I think if you're in the mood for that, like I often am in the mood for a mm-hmm. meandering book that's about place and, and space and you go, it's boring. <laughs> I do, <laughs> yeah. you might really enjoy this, but I'm probably not going to read it again. Yeah, see, I will never read it again. Yeah, so recommend it to learn a bit about history. I would have potentially reread it if it had been a nonfiction book. Yeah, Just... I would not have reread it anyway. Mm, so then we can't say it's a treasure, can we? No, no, no. So it's trash, but yeah. I I enjoyed Learned it and from it. would recommend. If someone was like, should I read it? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. It was a good read. You won't know anything about this yeah and i think that's why the author wrote it like yeah, here are these right. people that we that weren't able to acknowledge what they were doing and after it happened might Didn't not want have to wanted talk about to it acknowledge yeah. what they were doing so yeah. let's tell their story yeah yeah anyway right. okay thank you so much for being with us and giving us a bit of your time tune in again next week we'll bring you more spoiler free recaps or recrap no no <laughs> reviews and recommendations for whatever we read and until then Happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.